It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 68 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener. We're here to help you be more successful in your gardening life and to bring a little joy into your life as well. We do that by awarding the weekend prize pack sometime during the show, and Ashley and I have chosen to do it right now. Ashley is thinking of a number between 2 and 7. Who will win? A pair of tickets to see Paul Simon on June the 2nd, Chastain Park, and a pair of Saturday Tasting Tent events at the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival June the 1st through the 4th at Piedmont Park Promenade. Paul Simon tickets this, uh, what is it, Saturday? June the 2nd, whatever that is, next week sometimes, really soon. Really valuable tickets. Ashley Frasca, who wins? So if you call, you obviously have to be available June 2nd. Better be. And we'll give it to caller 4. Call number 4, four. to our contest line, which is 404 741 0750 404 Dial carefully and you get to see Paul Simon. It's 808 News Talk WSB. Alicia is in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Alicia, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. How can I help? Well, my um, I have my whole yard filled with beautiful mop head hydrangeas and they took such a hit with that last frost. They were looking so beautiful. Yeah. And then they went all the way back. I thought they had all died, to be honest. Everything died on them. And then for so long, they were just sticks. Now they've got about six to eight inches worth of growth on them. And I'm wondering, do you think there's a possibility they'd even bloom this year, or is this going to have to be a recovery year? And is there anything I can do to help them recover? Let's think. The... Let's go back to the process by which a hydrangea blooms and reblooms on on the limbs. And I think most everybody who has a mop head knows that they they make their flower buds the previous fall. And then if you have a normal winter and a normal spring, then the flower buds sprout out. You have flowers in May, June, and everybody's happy. It was interrupted, of course, as you point out, Alicia, this year in March when it had the big freeze and all those leaves and buds which had started opening up, they are all frozen. So if you have the type of mop head hydrangea that doesn't have the ability to quickly recycle, and by recycling I just mean to turn around and start making flower buds again, then you'll have very pretty foliage that you'll get to get to enjoy the rest of the summer, Alicia, but not any yeah. flowers on it. Some of them I would be willing to lay a bet, though. Some of them are going to recycle and say, we have got a flower here. It may not be in May and June. It may be in July and August. I bet you you're going to have some flowers sometime later in the year. Well, that would be great. See, that's, I'll take that's, it. That's the um, advantage to have the blooming again and uh, endless summer hydrangeas because they are hydrangeas that are specifically selected to have a fast recycling, fast turnaround time between uh, removal of bloom and the next set of blooms coming on it. So the endless summer hydrangea sometimes blooms two or three times during the summertime because it can quickly go from first bloom to second bloom to third bloom and uh, blooming again, same thing. And then there are older, older, older hydrangeas that simply don't have that ability genetically to do anything. They bloom once, and if you hadn't bloomed then, then they don't bloom anymore. 
So depending on your genetics, that determines whether or not you get lots of blooms, even in bad winters, or no blooms at all after a bad winter. Well, um, I do have an endless summer, so that, that makes me feel good. I do actually have an endless summer. If you have endless but summer, you're going to have blooms, I'll tell you that. That's great. Um, the other question is, um, if you don't mind me sneaking two in on one call, um, we had uh, an entire... Uh, four acres that was all shaded, and so my hydrangeas were in the perfect filtered light all day. Yeah. Now they're just exposed to just blasting wind and heat. And should I just relocate them all, or is there a possibility you think they'd make it with the new conditions? They're not going to be happy, Alicia. Uh, I know. <laughs> there, if there's some way, I don't know if moving them now is the best thing to do that you could do. <laughs> they may think so. They may think not. I'm not sure what they're going to think when you try to move them in the middle of uh, June now. You decide. I'm not going to say whether it's best to move them now or not. Your decision. I'd have to really keep them watered, wouldn't I? In the middle of the summertime, they're going to droop, droop, droop. Every oh, afternoon, yeah. droop, droop, droop. Yeah. This has been a big change. We went from full shade to full sun in about six weeks. <laughs> Wee. Yeah. Wee. Well, I appreciate your help, and I'm yeah. excited that that one endless summer might bloom. Now, should I go ahead and cut off all those old canes that got damaged? I mean, they're just sticking up. Yeah, if they're just brown and sticking up right now, they're no benefit to the plant at all. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for your, for your help. All right. Thanks for calling. All right. Who's here next? John. John comes to us from Canton, Georgia. Hey, John. Good morning. Morning. Walter. John. How are you doing, John? Oh, uh, just another day in paradise. <laughs> in Canton, Georgia. You can't beat that. How can I help? So I've got a tomato plant that's about four and a half, five foot tall. And closer to the top, uh, on the main stalk, it looks like it's split open. And when I first saw it, it looked like a group of aphids, but it's actually that I don't know what it is, really, really hard, almost looks like seeds Yeah, sticking out the side, and I've never seen that before. Mm, adventitious roots is going to be my guess there. Tomatoes, is this in a place, and usually it happens in greenhouses, but it happens where there's um, shade and pretty high humidity around it that makes the tomato stem think that it might be able to find a place for a root to prosper so it sends out these little nubs and if it develops you know into a good environment then it develops into a root for the tomato so that's my bet is little adventitious root nubs and the tomato gets to decide whether it likes it or doesn't like it there and i frankly would leave it alone okay so i i shouldn't have to worry about it i don't think so no not, not until you tell me something serious, something serious, John. This does not look to be serious to me. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your help. All right. Go back to paradise. Yes, sir. All right. We'll see you, John. Bye. Comes 814 on a Saturday morning. And who we got? Richard in Snellville. Hey, Richard. Good morning. Good morning, sir. First time caller here. What, what, so what motivated you to call for the first time, Richard? Well, I have uh, a dozen uh, bright and tight cherry laurels that my wife and I planted across the back of our lot for a visual screen. It's underneath mm -hmm. uh, overhanging oak trees, etc. Yeah. So it's fairly shady. And uh, this year, uh, I've been thinking they're about six to seven feet tall now. This year I'm noticing... Uh, little holes on the leaves so they're about the size of a pencil eraser yeah and i uh, wasn't sure what that was 
Ooh, they got a, a bacterial disease called shot hole. Um, prunus species, and that includes laurels, mostly the uh, autoleucan laurel and skip laurel and things that are used as shrubbery in front of houses. They get a bad case of shot hole disease, but you can also get it on cherry laurel, too. Um, usually happens when there's not quite enough sunshine to dry the leaves off, so the bacteria gets a chance to set up and make these mm. holes in the leaf there. So... Uh, is it every leaf, one or two leaves? Uh, the, the new leaves are, are not showing it, but the older leaves are showing it. Yeah. Uh, and it also, I'm inferring from what you've said that when I water it, it's best not to water the leaves, but just down low. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Uh, so is there a treatment for that, like a spray or something? Mostly telling Richard to water down low and not water high. I think that's the best treatment I can offer to you. Okay. And then uh, one last question. Is there any wrong time to trim them? Uh, they, they tend, if I leave them unattended, uh, they tend to get looser and looser. And I'm, yeah. If I cut them back, they're going to be a little tighter. Is there any advice about how to do that? I think your your observation is absolutely correct. The more you lightly trim the outsides, the thicker it's going to be, the more dense the shrubbery is going to be, so you don't see through it and give you good uh, privacy. And when to do it, along and along is how I would describe it. Just once in a while, two times a summer maybe, go out there and give it a little light trim around the side. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. Nothing to it. Hey, it's great talking to you, Richard. Thanks you for calling. 404-872-0750 is the number to dial on Lawn and Garden. Don't forget, if you don't get your question answered today, you can always go to my website at WalterReeves.com. Lots of things to accomplish there besides just reading the articles and looking up what you need to know, because you can uh, sign up for our newsletter. We have a bi-weekly newsletter every other Thursday. It comes out. It has all sorts of articles and pictures and things that will be of interest, I think, to gardeners around town. One is a picture of notches in the size of a redbud leaf and the woman said man what is eating my redbud here and it turned out to be a good thing that was eating her redbud leaves we published that in the last issue of the newsletter you can follow us on twitter i post things on twitter once or twice a week follow me on facebook i have a couple of facebook things that go on and if you're on pinterest i have nothing but weeds on pinterest pictures of weeds and how to control them and you can download the podcast if you just missed the show one saturday and want to listen to it later you can download the podcast listen at your leisure that's all available at walterreeves.com it's 818 we'll be back after this this is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Down the street, he says, why am I soft in the middle now? Why am I soft in the middle? The rest of my life is so hard. I need a photo opportunity. I want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. Bone digger, bone digger, dogs in the moonlight. Far away, my well-lit door. Mr. Beer Melly, Beer Melly, get these mutts away from me. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. If you be my body, is there a more brilliant singer-songwriter than Paul Simon? I cannot think of one. He is an awesome, awesome, awesome performer. 
Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, up into the high 80s, overnight lows in the 60s. Today is probably no chance of rain, but tomorrow more of a 20 to 50 percent chance of rain. Then highs again in the mid 80s, and tomorrow night about the same, mid 60s to high 60s. Then your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Michael and McDonough joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike. Good morning. How you doing, sir? Hey, man, we're all right. What's up? Uh, my prize uh, premier blueberry is sick, and Steph is desperately worried about her. Uh, she has yellow leaves uh, with the green still showing uh, ribs in the middle, which your website said was mm-hmm. a, a lack of iron due to the pH probably being off. Possibly. And you recommended putting sulfur down and uh, ironite as a quick fix. I couldn't find any sulfur, but I found some soil acidifier yeah. and applied that and applied the ironite about a week ago, and I don't see any change. I was wondering if I misdiagnosed it. Have you got you had any other is, is there fruit on the blueberry, Mike? Yes, there is fruit. Lots of fruit? Lots of fruit, yes, sir. Hmm, you may have just a natural what blueberries do. It is very, very natural. In fact, I have a slide of this very phenomenon that I use to teach master gardeners of how to diagnose problems. And I say it's not always something that is a bad thing that's going on. It's simply the plant reacting to a heavy fruit load. And blueberries are very famous for when they have lots of fruit on them, pulling all the resources out of the leaves and pushing them back towards the fruit to ripen those. And when the fruit ripens and is picked, then the plant resources push back out to the leaves and then they turn green again. That's no substitute for good nutrition and you're working on that with the soil pH and the, all that stuff so you got to make sure that's right in the first place. But I would be willing to bet, Mike, that what's going on with your blueberry is simply a fruit nutritional transfer inside the shrub that's not much to worry about. Okay, like I said, it's an older tree you know, probably at least eight years old. Yeah. And it does have a fair amount of, fair amount of dead limbs on it now, yeah. too. Uh, okay. A lot of the branches have no leaves at all on them. So yeah, but if you got fruit on it, if you got a good good fruit set on it right now, I'm just thinking that plant has moved things okay. around just to make it efficient and is doing what it's supposed to do. If it has fruit, it's happy as a general rule. <laughs> if it has fruit, you're happy as a general rule, too. It all works out. Well, there you go, sir. I appreciate it. All right, Mike. We'll see you soon, man. 404-872-0750, the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 69. No, it's 70 degrees right now. It's News Talk WSB, 70 degrees on a Saturday morning. Going over into the mid-80s, maybe high 80s today. 404-872-0750 gets you in to get your garden question answered. Rick is in Meretta, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Man, I'm great. What's going on? Well, I have an established centipede lawn that's looking very sick 
it, it started greening up a little bit in February. Yeah. And then came to a screeching halt in March. Yeah, baby. And now it's what is still alive is greening up very well. However, I have patches where I can just see the dead yeah. centipede underneath it. Yeah. And I have a plan, and I don't know if it's a good plan or not, and I wanted your, your I, estimation I'll on give it. you my but, opinion about it. Go ahead and plan. Tell it to me. Well, I thought I would aerate. Yep. And then and then uh, and then uh, fertilize with a good heavy nitrogen fertilizer, and then overseed with centipede. And um, I wondered if that would not do heavy nitrogen. Low low nitrogen would be I mean, better. I, yeah, for low nitrogen. Getting yeah. the germinating, getting it out of the ground. We'll get it with low nitrogen to get it out of the ground. And then once it's growing, a little bit higher nitrogen. But centipede is not a real heavy feeder like Bermuda is, for instance. So yeah. we don't feed it very much ever. I think you got a lot of potential there. The main thing that you will run, it'll hard be hard to accomplish. Those centipede seeds are teensy weensy, yeah. and so if you've got a patch that's you know two feet by five feet, how are you going to spread that quarter teaspoon of seed that you need <laughs> over over a two by five spot? So you figure out well, how I, to mix it in with I'll sand or mix, grits or something like that, and that'll help. Yeah, to mix spread. it in with some sand is yeah. what my plan was. Yeah, that's what to do. Mix it in with yeah. sand, but aerate it first, uh, sort of rake it so it gets down into the holes where you aerate it, yeah. and then uh, water it some, a little fertilizer in there to get it started. Yeah, sure, that works great. Okay, what would be a, a good ratio for, for this fertilizer I need? Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the slow organics would do fine. Uh, Hollytone or, or melorganite or um, EB stone, the stuff they usually use on landscapes for general landscape okay. usage has a first number about six percent and six to eight or nine would be about right to get centipede started not 28 or 29 or 30 or something like that okay uh, also if i can ask a second question this this year this spring i mean it's just full of weeds yeah and i don't i don't know if that's the result i mean i i did pre-emerge it last fall but i failed to water it in Assuming it was going to rain, yeah, sometime. right. It never rained, never did. And I, I mean, the weeds are doing great. So, what's uh, the question? So, the question is, in trying to get my my centipede back to where it needs to be, can I just should I just ignore the weeds for right now and try to get a healthy centipede stand to take care of the weeds itself? Or your, your instincts or, serve you well. That's exactly right, Rick. If you try to put a weed killer. You're yeah. going to inhibit the seed from coming up and germinating and the existing centipede from rooting and spreading. And I think you're better off to do hand picking as needed or a little painting with Roundup occasionally if you have a little spot yeah. that you can paint with Roundup, but not any wholesale weed feed, no. Okay. Okay, well, I'll give that a shot. Thanks Good luck with it, help. man. Make that centipede look great. <laughs> okay, thank you. All right, man. We'll see you. Yeah. We got Jack and Snellville. No, we got Jack. Who do we know from Jack and Snellville, Georgia? We got Mickey. Mickey in West Cobb is who we've got right now. Mickey, guys, away. Hey. I thought you forgot me. I thought I had to. <laughs> Jack now is very disappointed. Jack thought he was going to get his question answered. Oh, now look at, look at Ashley. I'm Ashley has this very <laughs> panicky look on Ashley's face, and I thought, I'm not doing it right, am I? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Hi, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. Good morning. Good morning. 
It's funny when you just get on a train of thought. You think, I'm going to go to the next car. I'm going to the next car. And then you look around and nobody else is thinking to go to the next car. I know. Car. I was so excited <laughs> about his centipede shot. I mean, his centipede. I wanted to say, oh, okay. <laughs> well, Mickey, we really need to do our business right here to talk about the Pike Pick of the Weekend. That's what you and I should be talking about. And right. What is the Pike Pick this weekend? It's roses. All, All your roses. roses. That's right. The knockouts, and um, we've got we've still got some of the other roses left. Some of the hybrid teas and the climbers and some of those. Yeah. We've got lots of high, uh, knockouts and carpet roses and um, the drift roses. Uh, those have been really popular this year. I can understand why. Those. Mine that I had planted four years ago now. I, I can't remember what they were. Drifts or or um, carpet roses or what they were, the but they have done, a lot shorter. The they've done great. Stay really short. They're, these are about Mine are too. two feet tall, I guess, with no disease mm-hmm. on them. They look they got blooms all over them. It's a great looking plant. Mine are, too. They're really pretty in the front of the borders. You know, if you want to fill in and you don't want to, you know, like where you would do a perennial or something like that, they do great. I've got them around my little pod, and I don't have to do anything with them. So, um, you know, the the bees and the butterflies and everything are all all over them. They're really pretty. This is all to say that knockout roses is not the be-end-all and end-all of roses. There are lots of other roses that do fine in the landscape without much problems that use different solutions for different problems. Problems that you might have. That's right. That's. I saw some knockouts the other day. Though I have never. They were eight feet tall. I have Ooh, never seen any that big. Wow. They were huge and just absolutely full of blooms. I went up to them to see what they were, and that's what <laughs> I asked the guy. And that's what they were. I didn't realize they got that big. I cut mine all the way back every year. Of course, yeah. So mine don't ever get that big, but mine have been great too. My pink ones are so pretty. I've got. Uh, the pink ones, and behind it, I've got a pink mandevilla, and they look so good. I know the, uh, one of the things that I was asked just the other day, because one of my friend's uh, knockouts have pretty much finished blooming for the first yeah, set of blooms, and he said, where do I mm-hmm. prune it now? And I said, you prune it 16 inches below where you want your next set of blooms to be. And so he said, right here? I, said, I just looked at his stomach, and he said, right here? I said, if that's where you want the bloom to be at your stomach level, then we're going to bloom it. We're going to prune it down around your thigh level. Oh, okay, good. So 16 inches is what it takes to well, make a flower cluster. Well, 16 inches is different when you're five feet tall like I well, am. Well, maybe. That's more than <laughs> your <laughs> From 16 <laughs> inches. Get you a 16-inch okay. stick to measure what it takes to okay. get a knockout mm. to bloom again. So knockout roses, uh, drift roses, all the roses, even the old, uh, older season roses. Of the uh, Right. Tea roses and things like that, all 20% off. All you have to do, run up to the cash register with your cart full of roses and a, maybe a bag or two of soil conditioner, maybe some sure start in there to put in the ground and say, Hi, these roses are 20% <laughs> off, and I'm going to take them home and make my life beautiful. And easy. And easy, too. Roses. Yeah. All these are good, easy, easy care roses, easy to, easy to deal with, and just a little pruning every once in a while, and life is good. Put them in full sun. Yeah. That's really important. They need to be in sun. That's that's the only problem I ever see with them is when they're not in sun, they don't do very well. But right. otherwise, they do great. They do great. Well, Mickey, it's been great talking to you. You too. And when and where and how should I find all the pike locations in Atlanta, GA? At pikenursery.com. Of course you would. Mickey, it's great talking to you. See you soon. See you later. Bye.
844 on a Saturday morning at 844. Whose turn has it come to be? Now, Jack. All right. Now, Jack from Snellville, your question is answered. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Walter. Sorry to sort of tease you on a minute there, but then I thought, oh, Mickey, Mickey, i got to go to her first. <laughs> so how can I help, Jack? Okay. Uh, my wife got a potted hydrangea plant uh, from a classroom parent this year. Yeah. It didn't come with any instructions on what to do with it. It's, it's going to be a big plant, I think. Uh, okay. So I need to know what to look for to plant it and wh where to look for to plant it, what kind of conditions and all. So. Oh, let's see. Morning sun would be great. Afternoon shade would be even better because they are not going to like being in full, full sun ever. Um, so a nice morning sun, afternoon shade, and that just means you wander around the yard, you know, and say, okay, that's about the right place over there. And, uh, dig a nice wide area, nice so three, I guess, four, four, four foot wide areas, just loosen the soil real good. If the soil is not naturally organic, it doesn't have a lot of uh, brown stuff in it, you might want to add some soil conditioner, we call it, or planting soil, and mix that in too. Plant it right in the middle, mash the soil down around it nice and firmly, and water it, and wait till it blooms, and it'll be a nice shrub for you. Okay. Easy enough. That helps. But I think the biggest thing is the right site, the right plant in the right place, meaning morning sun, afternoon shade. Okay. All right, great. Okay. All right, Jack. That does it. Thank you. Let's see you, man. Bye. We've got Beth in Houston joining us. Hey, Beth. Good morning. How are you? Hey, we're fine. How can we help? First of all, I've got to tell you, we moved here 30 years ago from South Carolina. Uh -huh. You have been my mainstay. You taught Ooh. me how to garden in Georgia, and you are still as entertaining today as you were 30 <laughs> years ago, and I think that's pretty remarkable. I think I've but gotten crazy. My current already. problem is I have a garden, and I have... I've had this wonderful wrought iron fence around it. I put this wire mesh, or I had someone do it. It goes about 12 inches underground, about 18 inches above ground, so no rabbits or anything can get in. But after four years of thinking it was rats or snakes, I have discovered I have chipmunks. Yeah, okay. How do I get rid of those little suckers, and how do I keep them from coming back? There's not a repellent that works. The same things that people advertise and say, oh, mothballs and sulfur and this and that, but they don't work. The only thing that'll make a chipmunk move is you physically relocating them, which is my only solution to the problem. I have two right this very minute in my backyard. I have two chipmunk traps set, live traps set with some sunflower seed inside there. And when I get home this afternoon, I'll go look and check. And if I've caught two, then they go to a little park swampy area about three miles away and let them go and come back and reset the traps again. I just simply move them away from my property. Okay, can they climb up this... I have the wrought iron fence and I have that wire mesh coming up high enough to keep normal things out. Can they climb up that wire mesh? If they want to, yeah. Okay, so that does not keep them out. I wouldn't think so. Chipmunks have climbed up the wire that was supporting my tomato cages last year and ate my tomatoes about yeah. a foot and a half off the ground. So they got up there somehow. They and do. I've got a feeling I've got a lot of them because there's one area in front of a retaining wall that sometimes when I dig, there will be a hole that's probably six inches in circumference under the ground. Mm. And I fill it full of dirt. And I've always wondered, what happens to that dirt? What are they doing <laughs> down here? And now that I've figured out it's chipmunks, um, 
I just need to know what to do. So I, I buy traps. I what live kind of trap traps? Are they specifically store? for our chipmunks? It's 20 bucks for the trap and $10 for the sunflower seed. <laughs> I'm in business then. There they go. My little okay. vacation relocation system goes just fine. Okay. Then I will try that, and thank you very much. You bet. Thank you for calling. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. Then. It is 8.48. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Mama put you on a roll out of bed and she ran to the police station. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. It's against the law. This is Paul Simon once again. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security today. The highs in the mid to high 80s, 86, 87, maybe 88 or 9 degrees this afternoon. Right now it's 71 degrees outside. Overnight lows in the high 60s. Tomorrow, a chance of rain and the lows will be around the same, but the high will be around 86 tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Steve is in Anderson, South Carolina, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Steve, good morning. Hey, Walter. What's Pleasure up? talking to you. Um, I hope you can hear me well. I'm I can hear you I'm very, you very well. I hear, the, inspired phone. I hear the birds behind uh, you, as a matter of fact, Steve. Oh, great. Yeah, go. I've got a huge gardenia that's at least 24 years old, and every year when the buds open up, just about as soon as they open up, something zaps them and they turn brown. Yeah. Uh, I've sprayed it with malathion before, and that didn't wait, uh, wait, Why is, it, is this some unnatural brown? Mine turn white. They open up, they're white for a day or two, and then they get sort of a golden tan, and they're brown within three days, four days, maybe after opening. So do you have something different from that? So that's as long as they stay. I wish they stayed longer. Pretty. If they have yeah. a lot of sunshine on them, they last uh, shorter times than if they have some shade in the afternoon, particularly. If you have the morning sun on the gardenia when the white flowers open up, they'll pretty well stay open and white for the day, the next day, up until the next evening, so a two or three day, maybe period when they're white and looking pretty, but if they get any kind of heat and sun on the flowers, then tan, brown, ugly <laughs> after that. Uh, they get probably, they get a lot of morning uh, shade, but in the afternoon they probably get like six hours of, of sun on them. Yeah, I think this afternoon sun is what's doing the, do, doing the deed because that is drying out the petals and causing them to turn brown. and. It's just part of the nature of the gardenia flower. If it gets hot, it gets brown and doesn't look good at all. It's been a great Saturday morning with me. I hope it has been for you as well. Ashley Frasca does such a great job screening calls for us, answering questions off the air. Bless her heart, she got into poison ivy last week, but she has somehow endured today, even though she's a little scratchy all morning long. Jason Byers shows our music, kept us online, and kept us on the, on the positive side of the street this morning. And thank you, Jason, for bringing all that Paul Simon music in. We appreciate that. Get your questions answered at my website, WalterReeves.com. Otherwise, we'll see you right here for next Saturday's edition of Lawn and Garden.